We are in a series today we're calling You Ask For It. It's part three of this series, and we started it just right after Easter. So on Easter Sunday, we did this survey, and we asked you to help us know what, what would be helpful to teach. Like, give us some, some questions. And so we built this series based on your responses. And week one was the, the most asked for response was, help me know my purpose. What's my purpose in life? How do I discover that? And then last week, the second most common response was, how do I deal with stress? Help me. I'm, 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 I'm sinking in stress, right? Like, how do I handle that? Well, next week is the fourth most asked for, and uh, it is, how do I forgive? Come on, y'all. We all need that one, don't we? So we're going to be talking about forgiveness next week. But today, we're actually going to be talking about uh, this topic, are eyebrows considered facial hair? I'm kidding. Just, it's just a joke. You're like, what? No, nobody put that on the card. It's, it's just a joke. But we are talking about parenting today. And, and we're, we're talking about how do I raise my kids in today's culture? And here's what I know, that in a room like this, not everybody's parents, right? Not everybody is raising kids right now. And, and so this message, I don't want you to think, well, it does, doesn't apply to me. This is just a parenting message. But no, it's actually a message. My goal today is to bring a message that can apply to any relationship that you're walking out. So whether you're a parent, whether you're single, you're married, whether you're, you're a student today, this is something you can, you can get something out of this message, okay? Are you with me? Yeah, so you can get something out of it no matter where you are in life. But to be honest with you, uh, there are some topics that I just really love to talk about, and there are some topics that I wish I could let somebody else talk about. And this is one of those topics because I know me. I know that I don't get it right all the time. Can I get a witness? You know, we, we don't all, we're not batting a thousand at parenting. And so we, we, we struggle sometimes in that area. There are days for me where I think, what am I doing? Like, how did I sign, how did I sign up for this? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know how I signed up for it, but like, but man, I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me. And so I, I really, I want to be the dad that God wants me to be. And I want to be the dad that my kids need me to be, right? We want to be the parents that God wants us to be. So I'm, I'm trying, but I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. We still make mistakes. We have four boys. For those of you who don't know us, we have four boys and our oldest will be 13 next month. He's going to be an eighth grader here at McNeil next semester. Come on, help me, Jesus. Last year of middle school. But then our youngest is in, in preschool. Help me, Jesus. You know what I mean? It's one of those like, help, help me, Lord. I got them I, 10 years apart. And so we are... We don't get it right all the time. I want you to know that. We're trying, though, and we're, we're trying to walk this out. We've had some opportunities to learn from our mistakes over the years, right? And I've also learned over the years that there are things that I believed 13 years ago about parenting that I do not believe today. You know what I mean? Like, there are things that they told you, oh, you got to do this, and, and like, you started parenting, and you're like, pfft. You're crazy. I'm not doing that. That doesn't work. Or, or you, you, you know, you've been there. There are things that you believed. You just don't believe anymore. But here's what I know is that not all kids are the same. And you don't parent. We, we have four boys. We don't parent them all the same. The, we, we don't expect 
uh, every kid to behave the same way or to, or, or to have the same personality is what I'm trying to say. Like, like what worked with one kid in a parenting style might not work for another kid. Are you with me? So things change. We progress as parents. We change as parents. There's this journey that we're on. To, to give you an idea, when our oldest was born, we took pictures for everything. We had thousands, millions of pictures. Baby number two comes around. We're lucky to find his first, first birthday picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've got a few pictures of baby number two. Babies number three and four, they're just out of luck. There is no pictures. We, we gave up on it, right? So there's this journey of parenting that we're on, and, and what happens with one child doesn't happen with the others sometime. And there's this, this journey of parenting, this illustration that I found that I, I showed Annalise last night. I, I think it is hilarious. She thinks it's funny too, but I'm going to give you a disclaimer that uh, you, you might find it offensive, um, and, and it's written by a woman. I need you to know a woman wrote this. I did not write this. A woman wrote this. So here's the journey of parenting. In the first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as the OB doctor says you're pregnant. Right? You, you start wearing baby like, like maternity clothes then. On the second baby, you wear your regular clothes as long as possible. And on the third baby, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. Hey, I, I did not write it, okay? That was not from me. Somebody else wrote that. Um, on going out, on going out with the first baby, you, you call every five minutes. Is he okay? Is, is he, did he eat his dinner? Did he choke? Has he gone to the bathroom? Have you wiped his bottom? Like you're calling every five minutes, checking on him. On the second baby, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave your number. And then on the third baby, you leave instructions for the sitter to only call you if there is blood. You do not call me under no circumstances. We are gone and do not call. We are on the do not call list. On swallowing coins. The first child, you rush him to the, to the emergency room. You demand x-rays. Doctor, we need an x-ray. The second child, you watch for the coin to pass. But on the third child, you deduct it from their allowance. Like, <laughs> nah. That's mine, right? You, you just deduct it. That's the journey of parenting, and I think, it's, I think it's so true, too. And the Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine. And I just thought we might need a little bit of medicine today. We need some laughter today, and we, we just need some joy in our lives. And what I need you to know, moms, especially moms, you're doing better than you think you are. You're doing better than you think you are. Don't be so hard on yourselves. Parents, you're doing better than you think you are. And the truth is this. If, if you want to learn parenting, I can't teach you that today in, in 45 minutes worth of a message. Like if, if you want to be the parents God's called you to be, then that's like 16 weeks worth of small group material to go through and to learn and to grow and to get on track. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, well Ben, actually, I, I'm really passionate about parenting, then maybe you need to be leading a small group on parenting. Like, you'd be perfect for that, to lead a small group. In fact, small groups start June 2nd. And so if that's you, go online, fill out a, a registration to lead a parenting group. You don't have to be great at it. You don't have to be 
you, you, you don't have to be like a pro at leading a group. You just go, go do it. Be relational and have fun with it. It's, it'll be awesome, all right? So if you feel that, then, then lead a group. So here's the deal. If we're going to parent well, though, we have to make it a priority. So what I'm trying to do today is to give you five essentials, five principles that you need in your life. But this is not just a parenting message. This is a relationship message, that these five essentials can work in any relationship that you're in in life. Amen? They can work. I need you to know that. So as I, even though I focus on parenting throughout, I need you to think about and ask the Lord how he's speaking to you about this and how you can apply this in your current season where you are right now. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Number one, the first family essential is we have to have authentic faith. Everybody say authentic. Now, before I jump in, before I even go any further, let me backtrack and go to Proverbs chapter 24 because this is, this is setting up today's message. It says that it takes, everybody say wisdom. It takes wisdom to have a good family. In other words, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen on a whim. It doesn't happen without being intentional. It takes wisdom and it takes understanding to make it strong. So these five essentials I'm giving you, that's the wisdom part. It takes, it takes understanding to, to put these things into practice and live it out in your everyday life. So I want you to leave here today with wisdom and understanding to, to parent better, to be the parent that God's called you to be. So back to number one, the family essentials is the authentic faith. This, this kind of shows us that if there's authentic faith, then there must be inauthentic faith. Are you with me? Like, the, the, if there's authentic faith, there must be an inauthentic faith. So what, I'm, what I want for you today is to know that there, there may be a whole group of people here today who haven't figured out yet that there's more to God than what happens on Sunday morning. There's more to God than what happens here in this hour and 10-minute window. And, and people aren't relying on the power and the strength and the ability that comes from God. So if you're here today and you're someone who is, you're playing church and you're just kind of courting God, you're dating God a little bit, you're kind of checking this thing out, let me tell you what you're missing by not going all in with God. Like you're missing out on the Holy Spirit's power to do what he's called you to do. Like you, you, you would be missing out. You're missing out on the grace and the strength to face every situation in your life. Like you can have an authentic, incredible, power-filled relationship with God where he meets you right where you are, where he speaks to you about every decision that you have to make, where he guides you and he leads you and he directs you and he counsels you and he gives you wisdom. That's the kind of relationship that you're missing out on. And I want to lead you to more than just a worship service, more than just a moment here at church. I want to lead you to a vibrant, life-giving, authentic, real encounter with Jesus Christ where you know his voice. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. I want you to know his voice. And the best parenting advice, the best marriage advice, the best relationship advice I can give you today is get close to Jesus. Because when you get close to Jesus, things change. Relationships change. Your life changes. People around you notice the change inside of you. Proverbs 14, 26 says it this way, that reverence for the Lord 
gives a man deep strength. When, when you're in deep relationship with the Lord, you have deep strength. And, and here's what happens. Your children have a place of refuge and security. In other words, when you develop a deep relationship with Jesus, your kids are going to benefit from it. That's good stuff. When you develop a deep relationship with God, people around you are going to benefit from that. Joshua 24 says it this way. He said, you have to choose for yourself. An authentic relationship with God is a choice that you have to make. You have to choose today. Who am I going to serve? But it's for me and my house, Joshua said, I will serve the Lord. You got to make that decision. And I'm, I'm starting off with this topic, with this essential, because you can't have the rest of the essentials that I'm talking about if you don't have authentic faith. It, it, it doesn't work that way. You can't have everything else I'm going to talk about if you don't have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. So that's the first one is just to dive in to that relationship. Number two is to have intentional schedules. And here, here's what I mean by that. Like some of the best parents I know are the ones who have figured this one out. They're the ones who are intentional about what they do and what they don't do. How many of you have a to-do list? Just let me see your hand real quick. You get a to-do list. Now, let me, let me see. How many of you have a to-not-do list? Now, nobody's got a to-not-do list. Oh, somebody, one person does. One person. We get a not-do. A not Don't do this. Listen, when you're intentional about not only what I'm going to do, but maybe what I don't need to do. What am I doing that is just wasting my time? What am I doing that doesn't benefit my family? What am I doing that is a distraction from, from people around me who really matter? What am I doing? And, and you make that list. So the people that I know who do this well, they guard their time. They have every week, it's on the calendar. It's not just like a pie in the sky kind of thing. It's like on the calendar, this is family day, and come hell or high water, nothing is going to change it. You know what I'm saying? Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. It's not changing. This is our family night. This is our movie night. This is, this is our nightly dinner. Whatever it is, they guard it, and, and they, they turn the TV off. <clears throat> they, they turn the one-eyed demon off. I'm kidding. Kidding. One-eyed demon. What's he talking about, Phyllis? It's a joke. They turn the television off and they have conversation. I must be preaching really good. It got quiet. So I think this is important, though. To some, they have what they call couch time. Or, or pillow time. And I know you're thinking, come on, dude, this is ridiculous. This is a little frou-frou, Ben. We don't have to go this far. We don't have to put it on the calendar. We just fly by the seat of our pants. We're just kind of the organic family. Tell me how that's working out, right? We, we, we just kind of do things as, as, as it kind of comes up. It just never comes up, right? So I'll let, I'll let you have that, but let me, let me tell you what Cornell University says. And Cornell University says that in America, dads, on average, are spending about seven minutes a day with their, with their kids. That's 49 minutes a week that they're spending with their kids. And maybe that's not you. The study also shows that dads are spending about 37.7 seconds with their preschooler every day. 
Every day. Come on, that's crazy. Oh, well, we're good. We don't need to put anything on the calendar. Maybe we do, though. Maybe we need to be intentional about our schedules. So instead, in today's culture, what we're finding is that we're, we're letting media, we're letting technology raise our kids. I mean, at the dinner tables, we're like, I'll give you my phone if you stop crying, right? They want the phone. Well, you can't have my phone unless you stop crying. And then they stop crying. They get the phone. And then when you take it away, what happens? They start crying. I, I am preaching, man. Like, come, listen to me. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying they shouldn't have those things. I'm saying those things shouldn't have them. Let them have it in moderation. Let them have it, but don't, don't let them become mastered by that thing. I'm just saying, don't become a slave to it. Be the master of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you with me today? Am I helping anybody out? Amen. Yeah. So we've got to work on our schedules. I know a lot of you, you have work, work calendars. You've got it on your phone. It's linked to your computer, and you, you schedule everything on that calendar. Nothing at work is left off of the calendar. Can, can I just propose to you, if you would do that at work, why not do that at home? Why not put devotion time on the calendar? Why not put, why not, hey, some of you even take business retreats. There's something called a marriage retreat that's becoming more and more popular today where couples go off for two or three days and they just plan their year in advance. Dude, that's kind of crazy. Well, what would happen if we did that? If we were intentional about this is who we are as a family and we're not going to change that. We've got we've to get back to that intentionality. Psalm 39.6 says that if we don't live with intention, then we're just merely moving shadows and all of our busy rushing comes to nothing. It just ends in nothing when we don't have purpose and we're not intentional. Last week, we talked about Ecclesiastes and how it says it is better to have just a little bit with peace of mind than to have all of this busyness all the time in our lives, to just have a little bit. So it might be time to slow down. It might be time to tell your kids, sorry, you can't play four sports this semester, (laughs) And if your kids, like, when you say it's dinner time, if your kids go get in the car, there might be a problem, right? <laughs> you, know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because we are an eaten out bunch of people. But I think that, that goes to show we're just busy. We have stuff in our lives. We've got to be intentional. Number three, this is more important than you realize, but it's discovering purpose. As, as parents, like, we're learning what our purpose is. We're going to big church. We're, we're going to growth track. We're discovering what God wants for us. But I'm telling you, it will make a difference in your family if your kids know their purpose too. But you've got to know that your purpose and your, and your relationship with God are intertwined. You can't know your purpose if you don't have a relationship with God. You can't know your God-given destiny if you don't have a relationship with Him. So you have to know that purpose. So when you know your purpose, it's going to help you know how to spend your time. That's good. When you know what God's called you to do, you're going to know how to budget your time and how to be intentional. And parents, you, here's, here's a word for you. Parents, you, you've got to focus on the one thing that makes your kid different than everybody else. Can I say that again? 
You, you need to focus on the one thing that makes your kid different than everybody else. Well, everybody goes to ballet. Everybody plays baseball. Everybody plays bat. Everybody does this. Everybody makes this grade. Everybody does this class. Focus on the thing that makes them different because your child is not supposed to be a good at everything. I'm preaching. Your, your child doesn't deserve that participation trophy they got for losing every single game last baseball season. But little Johnny and everybody else, they worked so hard, but he didn't get on base all year long. Like, we're throwing out all these participation trophies and entitlement mentality is what we're creating in our culture today. Man, I, I'm preaching now. Yeah, I'm preaching. <laughs> Your child is not supposed to be good at everything. They're supposed to be good at one thing. Maybe a couple of things, but not everything. And, and we see this in our family. I'll just tell you a little bit about our family. Every one of our kids are different. We have four boys, and, and the oldest, he, he has a knack for learning. He's smart. He is intellectually smart. Making good grades comes easy to him. He talks about how he never made a B in his life, and I say, hey, I never made a B in my life either. Come on. <laughs> I worked hard for my C's. Well, he, it comes natural to him. Well, then our, we have another child who is gifted, and I'm talking about he is detail-oriented. He is gifted in organization. I have a picture somewhere of him being in a high chair about maybe 15 months old, and the Fruit Loops are in, in color categories. He has them all separated into yellows and oranges and greens and reds. That's a gift that he has. Not everybody cares about the details, but he does. Then we have another child. He doesn't care about school at all. I'm telling you right now, he could care less. But he's, he is good at music. He's good at creativity. Oh, he loves to learn. He, he likes that kind of stuff, but he's like me, and he can get bored in an instant. He needs to find something to do with his hands, and he can create stuff out of nothing. He's just incredible. I mean, he's awesome. But I don't put the same pressure on him to make A's that I do on the one who is gifted intellectually. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it, it, it doesn't make sense to do that. He's not, he is smart. I'm, don't get me wrong, all of our boys are smart. But he may not be gifted in the same way. And then we have one that we're still trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. We don't know. He's, he's everywhere. I mean, he is, he is, we don't know what he's, what he's good at. And we're learning. He's three. We're trying to figure it out. But when we do figure out, we're going to help him in that. We're going to help him learn. We're going to help him grow in that. And so here's what I want to say. Like, for me, I joke about, you know, maybe not, I kind of kid about not being the smartest or whatever, but truthfully, school wasn't my thing. It wasn't something I enjoyed doing. I, I had a tough time making A's. But what I could do is I could draw a crowd. And what I could do is I, I could... I could make people laugh, and I could have fun, and I could, I, I could play and sing instruments, and, and I could sing songs, not sing instruments, that, that's impossible, but I could play instruments and sing songs, that's what I could do. I would be a wealthy man if I could sing instruments. That, that would, man, I'd be, that'd be awesome. But I could, I could do that, so that's what I focused on. And I'm just saying, as parents, 
we need to know, parents, you have an anointing from God to speak life into your kids, to call things that are not as though they are. You have an anointing on your life to say, you're good at that thing. Let's make an investment in that thing to speak life, to lift them up. And can I tell you that your words can just as easily lift them up as you can tear them down. That's why we have to be careful with our words. We have to be careful with what we say. The things that I regret most about in my parenting in these 13 years, the things that I wish I could take back the most are the things that I've said. It's the words that I spoke. It's the things that, that I didn't mean, but I said them anyway. That's what I wish I could take back. And the scripture says in, in Acts, actually, uh, yeah, in Acts chapter 20, verse uh, Verse 4, 24, it says, I consider my life worth nothing but this. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that's, that's ahead of me. And let me backtrack a second and just say about this verse that you have an anointing and a, and a purpose to prophesy. Let's look at that. Paul says, my, my life is garbage. It's trash. I, I don't need anything else in my life but this one thing to finish the race and complete the one thing that God has given me to do. He's given you a task. He's given you a purpose. He's given your child a purpose. He's given them a destiny, and we need to focus on that for our kids. And that's why, I, that's why everything we do here at City Hope like revolves around our growth track. Everything we do, we, we, we worship God, man, we sing songs, we, we, we have people that are serving on the dream team, we're people in small groups, but listen to me, everything we do is about helping you discover your purpose and then to go out and make a difference on your own because we know this, if, you will, if you'll discover your purpose, if you'll find out what God put you on this earth to do, then you will go make a difference in somebody else and you will be more fulfilled in that moment than any time ever in your life, it will change everything for you when you discover your purpose. Amen? Amen. It changes everything for you. But we, we've got to be careful how, how we talk to our kids and how we set them up for, for success or set them up with, for failure based on what we say. Ephesians 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Let your words build people up. Don't tear your kids down. Don't tell, tear your friendships down. Build them up. All right, before we go to this next one, before we put it up on the screen, I want you to just put an asterisk, a little star, like 25 exclamation points, however, like whatever's going to bring your attention back to number four. I want you to go there and just, just circle it, just Make it to where you're going to go back to this because this is vital. It's important. It's a big deal. Number four is right relationships. Right relationships. This, this one can make or break us in life. I'll say it this way. I know that I've been in ministry for about 16 years um, I've seen a lot of relationships come and relationships go. I, I've seen teenagers on fire for God, and I've seen them just as quickly fall off the wagon. Here's what I know, and this is absolute truth. You are the sum total 
of your relationships. Good or bad, you are who you are because of the people in your life. Let me say it this way. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show, parents, show me who your, your friend, who your kids are hanging out with. Show me your kids' friends and I will show you what their future is going to look like. This is the, one of the most important decisions and principles in our lives. And it's why we focus on small groups, why we focus on relationships so much at City Hope. Because here's what I know. Like, if, if I can get you into right relationships, you're going to have people who are praying for you. You're going to have people who are cheering you on, man. They've got your back. You're going to have people who are encouraging you. You're going to have people who are pointing you towards Jesus, towards your purpose. And and, and they're right beside you if I can get you into right relationships. That's what I know. And that's why it's so important for you to find a group, find a community that you can be involved with. And your kids are no different. Your kids are no different. If our kids learn this now, if they will learn right relationships now, then we'll save them a lifetime of heartache. We'll save our kids a lifetime of bad choices, a lifetime of digging themselves out of a pit. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. I've, I've been there, man. I'm telling you, I've, I've seen it in my own family. This is so true. The, and students, let me tell you something real quick. You're going through high school. You're about to go into the summer. You're in middle school, high school, young adulthood, college. I want you to listen to me. The best decisions, the most, and the most important decisions of your life are not who, it's not what and where. The, the most important decisions of your life is not where should I go to college? What should I do with my life? The, your most important decisions are who. Who should I do it with? Like who, who am I going to allow into my circle of influence? Who, who's going to come with me? Who am I going to go with? Who, who's my, my circle of influence? Who are my friends? They're going to lift me up and push me along the way. That's your most important decision. Because Proverbs 27 says, a, a, man, a mirror reflects a man's face. You see what you look like there. But what you really look like is shown by the kind of friends that you have. (laughs) I love this one in Proverbs, the next scripture. It says, The he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools goes to jail. (laughs) You suffer harm. It doesn't end well for you when you surround yourself it could be with people who are negative, just constantly bringing you down. It could be with people who are, who, who are making wrong decisions and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. This is so important. Get the right people in your life. And, and before we can even go to the last one, you need to know this, that, that amazing, amazing marriages amazing relationships they, they they don't come just out of nowhere they don't come because you you just happen to find it one day it's because you you 
focused on it. It's because you, you built the right relationships. You were looking in the right places. You were looking in the, in the right times. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you weren't just hoping that it happened. Like you, you were intentional about it. Let me say one more thing to you young ladies today. Second Corinthians gives us this, this picture of being unequally yoked. And, and Paul says, hey, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. What's Paul saying here? Well, this is what I like to call uh, missionary dating. You know what missionary dating is? Missionary dating is typically with a young lady who will date a young guy who doesn't believe in Jesus, who has no intentions to go to church, but she just likes him. Oh, he just makes my, my heart melt. It's, he's a stud, whatever. I know he, does, he doesn't go to church and he makes some wrong decisions and, 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 but he's got a good heart, right? So missionary dating is when a young lady will date somebody like that. And he makes all these promises. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get right with God. Yes, we'll go to church. Yes, we'll do all these things. And they get married. And guess what happens? None of that happens. None of that happens. And Paul says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Like, be in the world, but not of the world kind of a thing. Like, don't do everything that they do. And here's why. Because what, what can righteousness, like what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Nothing. What fellowship can light have with darkness? It can't. And so when you yoke yourself with somebody who doesn't believe, you're going to end up in a pretty bad place. And I'm just saying, young ladies, be careful. Can, can y'all agree with me today? Can you say, man, that's, that's, that, that's good. It's good preaching. I hope you're getting something out of that. I hope you know it's not con- condemnation. I hope you know it's my, you hear my heart on this. Like I want you to know that there's, there's hope. If you're in that situation now, maybe you're thinking, dude, I wish I knew about this 30 years ago. That would have saved me some heartache. Hey, the, best, the, the next best time to start is right now. Right now. Refocus. So here's the thing. You can't have amazing relationships without number five, amazing grace. You can't have amazing relationships without amazing grace. And here's what I mean by that. Like, why do they call it amazing grace? It's because they, it doesn't make sense. They call it amazing grace because God has taken all of our sins, everything you've done in the past, everything that you're doing right now and everything you ever will do, he's taking that and he, is, he has forgiven you of that. He's washed your slate clean. He's cleansed you. He's given you hope and a future. Who else has done that for you? Nobody. Nobody has done that for you. That's why it's called amazing grace. But I want you to listen to me and listen closely because our relationships need that same grace. There is not a person on this earth that you won't have to have grace for to stay in relationship with them. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> there's, there's not a person on this earth that you, you won't have to have relationship with or, or have grace for in order to stay re- in relationship with them. Why? Because relationships are messy. Relationships are imperfect. Relationships are tough. They take work. 
And you've got to recognize that. It's not going to be great all the time. You've got to know, especially with your kids, that they're going to blow it. And they're supposed to blow it. And it's supposed to be in your house so that you can have grace for them. Like, I figure that God gave me the kids that he gave me, knowing that they're going to mess up, knowing that they're going to blow it so I could have grace for them. So that I could love on them, so that I could give them the same kind of unconditional love that God has given me. And too many times, parents, we're holding our kids up here to this standard of perfection that we can't live at ourselves. And it's frustrating. And they blow it. And we respond with anger and rage and hurt. And all we're doing is pushing them away. Your response in the middle of them blowing it will either bring them closer to God or it will push them further from God. Are you hearing me? It's going to draw them closer because they see, they see your relationship with the Lord. And they go, man, if, if that's the way God is, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Or they say, man, if God's like that, <laughs> I need more of that in my life. I need grace like that in my life. And I'm not trying to drop the hammer on us this morning. I'm just trying to be real. That we have to recognize that in their mess, our message needs to be, I have never loved you more than I do right now. <laughs> there is nothing you could do right now to make me love you less. You've ne I've never loved you more than I love you right now, and you never needed me more than you need me right now. And I'm not coming in here dropping the hammer. Like with my boys, I'm telling you, I, I try to have so much grace because I know that I needed so much grace. About the only thing that just, it won't work around our house is dishonesty. And we can work if, if we'll be honest about it. We can work through things. But if, when there's not honesty, there's not relationship. So I'm calling us to have amazing grace in relationships around us. I'm calling us to have amazing grace in in relationships with our kids and to say I've never loved you more than I do right now and you couldn't do anything to make me love you less hey would you bow your heads with me today and let me just ask you this question today let me I, I love to ask you what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today what's he whispering to your heart what's he speaking to your life right now we go back to, to point number one. We can't have a relationship with God without, we, we can't have this grace with other people without a relationship with God. And some of you right now, you're thinking about bailing on your marriage. You're thinking about, you're thinking about throwing in the towel on your kids or, or your parents. You're, you're done. It's unbearable. You feel so much pressure. You're thinking the grass is greener on the other side, but truthfully, the grass is only greener over one of two places. It's, it's only greener over the septic tank or where you water it. Paul said, when I wanted to give up, my grace is all 
God said, my grace is all you need, Ben. My grace is all you need, Paul. My grace is all you need. It's all you need. So before you can have a relationship, before you can have a relationship of grace with people around you, you need to experience the relationship of grace from your heavenly Father. You need to experience the grace that He has for you. And until you have that authentic relationship, you can't walk in grace. You need His power. And His power is going to accelerate everything in your life. It's going to catapult you to a whole new level. And if you're today, you say, Ben, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have this life-giving, authentic, dynamic relationship with Jesus, and I need it. You've stirred something up inside of me, and I want it today. I want to start fresh. I want to start new. I need a relationship with Jesus. I want to give my life to Him today. If that's you, if you're here today, you say, Ben, count me in that prayer. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, just lift up your hand in boldness and courage today. Just between me and you, nobody else is looking around. Thank you. Who else today? Who else? God bless you. Anybody else? Count me in, Ben. I'm I'm going all in today. Thank you. I see you there. Count me in, Ben. I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I want to experience His grace, His power in my life. I need His presence in my life. I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. Anybody else today? All right. God bless you. Right where you are, I want you to say this prayer with me today. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I give my life to you. I surrender. I need you. I can't do life without you. I surrender my way to you. Not my will. Your will be done. Will you cleanse me? Will you forgive me? Will you wash me, make me white as snow, give me a brand new start? I decide, today's a new day. I am yours. You are mine. From this day forward, I will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today for his presence and power, for his salvation today. 